Who's happy to be here in the house of God tonight? Anybody happy? All right, awesome. Oh, we don't get any lights, never mind. So this is going to be like church, like before they had lights and power. So this, this, is, this is what's going on. This is just, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what's really what's happening, I think. Okay, never mind. Let there be light. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I have a word on my heart um, that I want to speak tonight. But before I do that, I wanted to kind of share something, something that's on my heart and uh, something that I wanted to, I don't know, just kind of something that God's bringing me through uh, just recently. Is it okay if I, if I just share? I'm not really going to preach. I'm just going to talk. Is that okay? Dima, is that all right? Yeah? Okay. Um, I don't know. Just, I feel like God is just working, just doing something in me um, recently and, and um, a couple, like last week. Um, this isn't really a praise report. It's not really a good thing, but it happened and I feel like God is kind of teaching me something through this. And uh, last week I was at work and at work I like to during lunch break I like to take walks and um, and just pray and we have like I, li- I work on the airport so you have a nice view of you got the grass and the trees and the mountains on this side so it's, a, it's a nice view and I'm kind of just walking there's a little trail and I'm just walking and just praising God worshiping and just um, I'm walking and there's a guy sitting on a bench and and I'm and I feel like God's saying, God is telling me, share the gospel with him. Just, you know, t- t- tell him about me. And I'm just like kind of in my mind, I'm like, no, nah, it's not really a good time. I'm, I'm praying here and, and he's busy. He's got his headphones in. He's got his phone on. Uh, he's looking at his phone. But I feel like God told me that, to, you know, to, to share the gospel with him. And I'm like, I'll just keep going. I just passed him and just walking. And, and, and I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, what am I, what am I so busy doing that I can't share the gospel with this guy here that's sitting on the bench and and you know i can't share with him the truth who knows maybe he'll get saved by by what i say and and i'm like i'm like okay that's it i'm gonna go i turn around and i'm going to tell him the gospel and he gets up and he's way over there and i got to go back to work and i'm like man i i I miss this opportunity but you know i don't know through that i i feel like god is just god was speaking to me and he was saying listen he said what are you so busy doing like why and, and and pastor was preaching about being open to the holy spirit on sunday and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I want to be open to the Holy Spirit. And, and I was just so convicted, like, like I can't even stop for one second or, you know, five minutes to, to be led by the Spirit and, and, and to s- tell something about, about God and share the gospel with Him. And I'm just, I was kind of, you know, convicted by this. And I'm thinking, why, why is this so difficult that I couldn't listen, I couldn't obey the voice of the Holy Spirit in this situation, that I wasn't open to the Holy Spirit? And, and I don't know, God was just doing something in, in me, and, and he was just telling me about being open to the Holy Spirit, about allowing God to just do something in you and just being sensitive to his voice and seeking him. And, and, and I'm just seeing how God is, God is just showing me that so many times, yeah, I say that, God, I want to be used by you. I, I, I'm open to you. Do whatever you need to do. But am I really open to God? Am I really open to him doing whatever he wants to do, and I, it just kind of challenged me, and, and I was thinking, man, you know, we get to this place where we're so comfortable, we're so, everything is so good, you know, and everything is just, life is so good, and, and, and there was a season of our lives, right, there's a season in our life where, where, where we're seeking God, and, and, and we're just ready to do whatever it takes for God, and just whatever we need to do, oh yeah, I'm ready to do it, Lord, whatever you say, I'll do, and, and we do it, and, and we're just so hungry for God, and we get to this place of, I don't know, success? Is it, is it being just a good, you know, everything's great, and it's like, man, I'm married, and I got the best wife in the world, and thank you, Jesus, and, and you know, I got a good job and a good position, and I'm like, everything's good, but am I open to the Holy Spirit? You know, am I open to what God wants to do? And I, I don't know, God was just convicting me and just showing me, man, you need to change something. You need to change something around, and and I don't know, just this just hunger is, is just... You know, I don't know, I feel like God is just allowing this hunger to come in. And, and I don't know about you guys, but, but we need to be hungry, right? Because it, it seems like a lot of times when we get success in our life, we get a certain thing, a certain status, or, or something happens, either a good job, or we start going to college or something, and great stuff starts happening. We kind of 
There was a season in our life where we were seeking God, right? There was a season like, man, I was so on fire for God. But then, but that was the old time, you know, that was, that was, you know, back then. And and it wasn't, you know, that was for a season. But now life has changed and I'm moving on and I can mature. Now I can move on to better, to bigger and better things. I'm not talking about like coming to church. I'm talking about seeking God. I'm talking about being hungry for him and, 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 and not, and not being, not, being so tied down with this world and not being so caught up in the things of the world, but, but continuing to seek God, continuing to just to be hungry for God. And, you know, I mean, we have prayer services on Sunday. Sunday at 5 o'clock, we have youth prayer services. We have, I lead a prayer service 6.30 before youth every Friday. Let's be hungry. Come on, let's, let's, let's stay hungry for God. Let's not, let's not give up. Let's not, you know, think that we made it to a place where, where we can, where we can relax because there's so much more. I don't know, God has so much more for us. He has so much more. Let's continue to be hungry. Let's not, let's not just, you know, get to a place where we're satisfied and we just, life is great, we made it. And, and that's, it was a time of seeking God, but now, you know, we're done with that. No, we, we have to continue, amen? And um, I believe God has so much more for us. Um, and before I start, I wanted to, uh, to do a little something. And we have, uh, <clears throat> I want to ask David, David, if you could come up over here. David, come on, come on, come over here. He's gonna. Um, so, can we get another? No, can we get another mic? Is that okay? I give it up for David. This guy is. Uh, he's good. So, at um, at my house on Tuesday, we have group, and and uh, this guy was sharing some stuff, and I'm like listening to him. I'm like, David, this is good stuff. Like, I can't. Like, we need to like you know make this public. So I'm like, you need to share this. At youth, uh, you know, you got to say something. He's like, no, 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 I don't, you know, maybe in 10 years. I'm like, no, you got to say it now, you know. Um, so uh, is, it, is, it, is it on? Yeah, you good? Okay. Um, so I want to ask you a quick question. So this thing that you shared with me, can you say a little bit about it, what, what it is? Where do you want me to start? It's, 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 it's a school project, right? Can you, can you? Uh, yeah. It it's is. a school project. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh. Okay. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit? Well, I, you're, you're talking I, to the people I started too. off with uh, why Christianity is not a religion and is different from other religions. Okay. And from there, that's where I went to my whole topic and a whole bunch of details. So I start from there. Okay. So why Christianity is different from other it's religions? Different from other religions, right? Is it like a like a well, like a presentation, right? That's what it was. I'm pretty sure a lot of probably the elders they heard the quote like, uh, "Religion is man trying to get up to God, and God is man uh, is reaching down to men." Okay. Christianity is God reaching down to men. You guys so, heard that, right? So you uh, heard it. You told me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, I, we talked about okay. that. So um, you got a pretty good score on this, right? It was like how much yeah. did you get on it? A. An A. Yeah. He, he said he, he got a little bit of points taken off because because what, what was the reason? Too much words. Too much words. He took too long. So that's that. That's why he didn't he, he didn't get a perfect score. But um, can you share a little bit about uh, about what what you shared? Just a couple minutes. Okay, okay. Kind of okay, things. so uh, religion, right, mm-hmm. is what you have to do, you know, to be right of God, to earn your salvation. Uh, while on the other hand, Christianity asserts that Christians uh, can, cannot be saved. Like, they're, they're evil, and they can't find their own salvation. And the difference between Christianity and religion is that uh, religion is how you earn your salvation when, uh, when Christianity is what was already being done pretty much already being given to us we can't we're evil and we we can't do anything to earn our own salvation so god has uh came down you know down cross for our sins gave that gift to us so we uh for christianity is what has been done for religion is what has to be done to earn it okay can you, can you share that example that, that that you were saying about the guy that the, he's preaching and he's yeah talking? yeah sure sure okay okay, okay so uh, uh pretty much a religion right is enforced by those in power right to uh, increase or uh, manipulate or abuse others with the power, right? And this is something that man had made up. This is not like the intention of God. It's not a system of God at all. Uh, an example would be a preacher, right? A preacher who believes uh, dancing, right? Uh, leads to promiscuity and a destructive behavior, right? So he uses power, well, better to say abuses his power, brings the lot together, brings, sorry, I'm moving brings the law together and uh, for uh, and somehow proves it to the other law to the other authority or to the law that's wrong and then forbids it 
So I he, mean, for, he forbids dancing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because he believes that it brings destruction. Uh, this is his trust. He's using his trust of authority to abuse and put ideas of his own, you know, his own statement and stuff, everything. And this is not what Jesus enforced. He's used, he's adding beliefs that Jesus never enforced, right? Now, okay, hold on. Now, what about like, like dancing, like going to the clubs and dancing? Is, is, are you saying that's okay? Or? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Let me finish. Okay, okay, I haven't okay. got close to that. Okay. 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 So, uh, uh, in this example, uh, even though he has good motives, right? Mm-hmm. This is religion, and religion is not from God. Uh, uh, this is when people like they use Jesus to justify, to add a whole bunch of requirements, right? Mm-hmm. To like you know religion, but actually sometimes they even decline the requirements. Like, like you were talking about. Um, what's I just I just thought of it right now. <laughs> Uh, how some people, some churches, they made a thing where you be saved once and you're done. Right. Yeah, and that's that's contradicting uh, the place where it says, you know, the Christianity is narrow and not broad. Right, right. While they're making it broad, and so they're pretty much contradicting the, their okay. own belief. Yeah, just, okay, we're done with that. So, you, you, were, you, were, asking, you were asking me about why uh, the dancing, like, in clubs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, the thing is, uh, uh, what I say is, I have a lot more to say after this, but... Uh, real, uh, Christianity Christianity is not There's a set a of rules, but it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christianity is not a set of rules, it's a relationship, right? right. And it's based on love. Right. Okay, I'm going to get more into that. And l- looking at, okay, skip the dancer part, let's go like on alcohol and let's go on music, like specific music, right? Like you're not allowed to listen to specific music, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, like uh, alcohol, right? I mean, it may not clear in uh, specific music, it may not exactly talk about it in the Bible, but the idea that the only reason you do it is because you're addicted to it, and by doing it, you're an idol to it, and you're uh, you're the love, you know, between you and God. You're breaking it. You you're pretty much cheating on Him, right? right. And even though it does not say it, you're cheating on Him, right? Like it, it actually does say in the first commandment of the Bible, you know, the Ten Commandments, it says love your God with all your heart, not just part mm-hmm. of your heart. So you're cheating Him. And with the music, right? Like you mean, oh yeah, you're making excuses that this music is okay, you know, right? Like, okay, it's just a little bit, right? But that's the same thing as saying as a wife, right? And a husband, right? A wife goes away, is on a date of a guy, another guy, right? Mm-hmm. He comes, she comes back, and the, and the husband asks the wife, and he's you know, kind of mad at the wife, right? Why did you go on a date with him? And she says, don't worry, I'm not going to get married to the guy. I'm just going on a date to him, with him, right? right? So, bad. I mean, it, it's still cheating, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's just, just because you're not like going all the way you're not doing bad extremely stuff doesn't mean you're not cheating on him right, right. and he says you have to love him all your heart right yeah and then that's where the guy gets jealous god you know where <laughs> <laughs> god gets jealous yeah yeah so so let, let, let me get this straight okay, so right. you're saying that the guy that's that's speaking right he's talking about well dancing is forbidden right mm-hmm. and he's saying that because not it's in not because it's in the bible but because it's his own idea right Belief. because he's enforcing it it's good good intention but it's religion it's not from god it's it's he's endorsing his own thingy he's he's endorsing his own yeah, idea yeah, yeah. so why is that so wrong well because god wants us to have a relationship with him not okay so looking at the okay let's look at the pharisees right mm-hmm. you guys know what pharisees are right <laughs> okay. I think I think they okay, yeah, yeah. so so pretty much they use their power you know to manipulate the people to like right, impress right. you know press on them and everything right and God hated this Jesus hated this right uh, one example would be uh, in wait I'm thinking John nine I think from five and up right where Jesus uh, you know healed the blind man but before that he spit on the ground got the mat mud and then yeah. put it on the man's eye and the Pharisees believed that you know example would be you know walking through the a field of grain. If you get some grain in your shoe, you're pretty much harvesting. And on a Sabbath day, it's a sin. Yeah, Another yeah. would be spinning in the ground. You're making mud. So you're pretty much working on the Sabbath day. Jesus just hated this whole religion stuff. So he specifically spit on the ground first before that. Took off the mud, put it on the man's eyes, and then healed him. Specifically right. to make an example to the Pharisees that religion was wrong. After that, he sent him to, the, to wash his face. And then they, he was, the guy who was healed brought, was brought to the Pharisees. And they said, oh, this guy's working on, Jesus is working on Sabbath day, so, you know, he's not from God, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, but Jesus is from God. So, uh, okay. So, uh, pretty much the Sabbath day, uh, I mean, even, even the Sabbath day was created for our relationship with God, right? It was not just created to be a, a specific day, you know, and blah, blah, blah. It was, um, Sabbath day was created, the original commandment was created that, so that we could uh, refocus, you know, slow down from work, 
re, uh, refocus on what's important. Uh, get back in, you know, into that relationship with God and our family. You know, get the family together, and um, you know, get closer to God, pretty much. And I mean, what relationship can't get deeper if you don't spend time together? You know, like if you don't yeah. spend time, you, there's no way a relationship could get deeper. I mean, you may be weirdos, like thinking you're close to each other, but you never be close to each other. <laughs> okay, That's a good example. Here. Now, now bringing the Ten Commandments into this, right? Uh-huh. Commandments. Okay, so the Ten Commandments uh, is pretty much love. It, it could be uh, law, the law could be summed up as love, and love could be summed up as law. Uh, the first law says, "Love your God of all your heart." Right. The second law also says, "Love your neighbor." You know. As yourself. Yeah, and the rest of the laws right after that. Say, uh, do not murder, no adultery. Well, that's what Jesus summed up the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pretty much all the rest of the laws is pretty much the second law. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Right, right. And the love or hating is an expression of relationship, right? So you're saying even in the Old Testament, everything was about a relationship with God, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. That's good. All right. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much summing up uh, vertically, our relationship with God. Uh, horizontally, our relationship with the mankind. It's about love, and law is love, and love is law. So, yeah, that's, that's all, all right. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, David. Good job, man. All right. Um. <clears throat> yeah, so I was like, you know, David, you, that's good, man. You, you, you got to share. You know, he's, he's waiting for 10 years to speak. I'm like, no, man, you got you to gotta share. All right. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so before we start, uh, I wanted to just, um, let's pray and ask that the Holy Spirit would speak to us, and then we will go on from there. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is so true and that your word has changed us. Your word has given us a new understanding and a new perspective. And Lord, we pray that tonight that you would speak to us. Lord, we pray that you would take the word and and. Lord, that you would put it on the good ground, Lord, that the seed, Lord, let it be sown on good ground tonight. Lord, let our hearts be open to receive your word. Let our hearts be prepared and open to receive the good seed. Lord, let it fall on good ground in our heart and let it produce a harvest tonight, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And Lord, I know that if unless you speak, Lord, that my words are nothing. But if you speak tonight, that you, Lord, I believe you can do something, that you can change us tonight. Lord, we just open up our heart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak. Lord, I don't know. Lord, I can't say anything that, that, that can change anyone. But Lord, when you speak, Lord, when you say something, that's all that we need. Lord, we wait upon you. We wait for your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you got a Bible, open up to Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Um, Acts chapter 9. And tonight I want to talk about the fear of of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I was, we were actually in New York sitting on a subway, and I was reading this, and this just kind of came to me. And, and uh, it just goes to show you, even on a subway, that you could even uh, get something from God. All right, Acts 9.31. Um, it says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So what's going on in the church, just give it a little background. What's going on in the church is you have Apostle Paul, or not Apostle Paul, I'm sorry. You have Saul. He is, um, he later became Apostle Paul. He is persecuting the church, all right? And and in Acts chapter uh, 7, you have Stephen, who's the martyr. He got stoned. Um, Then a great wave of persecution broke out, you know, and and Saul... He started to go from house to house, and he started dragging out Christians. He was uh, taking them to prison. He was killing some. So this guy was a bad dude. This dude was just, he was, he was doing some bad stuff against the church. Thank God that he got saved later. <laughs> and he was, he was going, and he was doing whatever, I don't know, whatever he wanted. It, there was a huge persecution. People started, you know, moving to different cities, and he starts going to different cities. And, and grabbing them from there. And this is about five years into the church, as the church is born, about five years into it, four, five, six years. And so the church was fairly new. But then what happened? Saul got converted. He became a Christian. And now all of a sudden, uh, he becomes their best friend, right? Their worst enemy now becomes their best friend. 
And it says that the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. They had peace because this guy's no longer trying to kill everybody. And they were edified. It says they were strengthened. And what, was the, what is the two things that it, that it says? And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Or in, a, in another translation, it says that the church became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. So that they were strengthened. They, were, they got stronger. This church, it got stronger and they were multiplied. That means more people were added. So the church, something good was happening in the church. Something really good was happening. They, were, they grew. They were strengthened. Uh, why? Because of two things. They had the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about these two things tonight, the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about the balance of these two things, that we need both of them. We need the fear of the Lord, and we also need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And so let's start with the fear of the Lord. Uh, in the Bible, it says that the fear of the Lord, it is the beginning of wisdom. Right? Proverbs 1, 7, somewhere in Psalms, it says that the beginning, the, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And so in the Bible, we have in the Old Testament, we have God says, you must fear me. You must fear God. It says in uh, Deuteronomy, it says, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. So God says, what does he require of you? To fear God. You are required to fear God. Now I have a question. In the New Testament, are we required to fear the Lord? Is that a requirement for us? Let's say for salvation. Is it a requirement? Uh, well, it's, it is in essence, but in the beginning, is it a requirement if you want to be saved? It is not. The, the salvation is faith in the Lord, right? Is you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So the, the, to, to be saved, you do not need the, the fear of the Lord to, to initially be saved. Now, that does not mean that you don't fear the Lord. It's, that's just to be saved. But, but God, the church, they still had the fear of the Lord. So I want to talk about what is this fear of the Lord because the first church had it and we need it today. What is this fear? What is it talking about? You know, in Ananias and Sapphira, they'll tell you that they, they should have had the fear of the Lord, right? You guys know what happened with Ananias and Sapphira? In Acts chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 5, where Ananias uh, comes together, or he and his wife, they made a decision. They're like, you know what? Right now the church, everybody is grabbing all their things and selling them, and, and they're giving it all to the church. And, and there was a big, it said that the church, uh, that nobody felt like they owned anything. They gave everything away to the church. That was, a, a, I don't know, some kind of a special grace that the church had. They gave away everything. And so they come together and they're like, you know what? Everybody's giving everything away. How about we sell this piece of, I don't know, they said they sold the possession. Maybe it was a house. They say, okay, Ananias said, you know what, Sapphira, let's, let's do this. We're going to sell our house for 125000 but we're going to keep back 25 of those thousand. But we'll say that we sold it for 100000 You know, we, first of all, people think that we are so generous and we'll be famous in the church just like Barnabas, because Barnabas sold a whole field and he gave it to the church. We'll be so famous, people will look at us with, wow, this is a great couple. And we'll still have enough money, because I really need to buy that new camel. You know, mine's getting old, it's about to die, and so I need to buy a new camel. So let's keep back some of the money. They're like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, they, they agreed, okay. So what happens to them? So Ananias comes to, to, comes to Peter, he says, Peter, I have the money. I sold it. Maybe he was really solemn, like, like really serious, like, Peter, you know, here is the money that I've given to you. This is not mine. This is the Lord. And he, you know, kind of humbly just gives it to Peter. And, and, and I, I don't know. I don't know how he did it. And, and he's like, you know, this, this, is, this is God's money. You know, I'm, I'm, this, this is a gift to the Lord. And, and Peter's like, really, this is how much you sold it for? He said, yeah, this is how much I sold it for. And, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, says, you know, why have you lied? Why, you, why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart with deceit, to fill your heart with lies? You've not lied to men but to God. And so what happens? He falls, falls down dead, literally gets slain in the spirit, right? And, and he is, he, you know, his wife comes in a couple hours later. Same thing happens to her. Peter asks her, are you, is this how much you sold it for? Yes, that's how much. 
and she dies. And it says that a great fear swept across the whole church. The whole church had a fear of God on them. And so the fear of the Lord is something that the first church had, and it's something that we need. And what is this fear of the Lord? What is this fear? Are we supposed to be afraid of God like, like, like you're afraid of heights, like you're afraid of spiders? Are we supposed to be afraid of God like that? Is that the kind of fear that, that God has given us? It says in the Bible that we, we, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of lo- uh, uh, love, a sound mind, and, and discipline, or spirit of power, love, and, and a sound mind. So what is this fear of the Lord? What, what, what does it mean to fear the Lord? And I believe that it means that when we fear the Lord, that we fear his word, that we take his word seriously, that this fear of the Lord is, is to fear that, that the, because it says in the Bible, it says in Isaiah 66, verse 2, God says, for all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. I believe the fear that we're supposed to have is a trembling at the word of God. That this word that, 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 that the Lord has said, that this is the word that we must follow. And a lot of people, you see, we forget today that we have to follow the word of God. It says in Matthew seven twenty-two to 23. Open up to Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 22. It says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare, Jesus is saying, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In another translation, it says, You who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. Or you who or get away from me, you who break God's laws. You who break God's laws. So God is, these are people that are spirit-filled, right? These are people that have, they have faith. They have faith in God. They have faith to, to do miracles, to, to work signs and wonders, to cast out demons. And, and God is saying to them, Jesus is saying, listen, get away from me, you who do what? Who break my laws. You broke my laws. And so Jesus is saying, you, he has no part in them. They had faith, right? They knew Jesus. They did, they did miracles. If you can have faith to do miracles, you have faith to, to believe in him. You have faith to be a Christian. But he's saying, get away from me, you who break God's laws. And so G, there, there is a, 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 a respect that we have to have at the word of God, a trembling. Do we tremble at the word of God? Do we take the word of God seriously? Do we take the Bible and the things that God says, do we take them seriously? The Bible says that we need to work, our, work out our salvation with what? With fear and with trembling, right? And, and someone will say, oh, that's the law. That's, that's the old, that's the old, that's the left side of the Bible, right? We don't, we, we don't, you know, we don't really think about the left side. Of, now we're, we're living in grace. We're living in, in this time of, of uh, you know, God's grace is with us, and we just believe, and we just believe. And today there's a teaching that if you just believe in Jesus, as long as you believe, that's all it takes, you know? And people say, oh, the thief on the cross, he believed in Jesus, and what happened? He got saved, right? And what did Jesus say? You'll be, you'll be with me in paradise. That's true. But at the same time, he was on a cross. And he did die on a cross. So, I mean, if you want to get saved by believing in Jesus and dying on a cross, that's great, you know, that, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's not a good way to end your life. And, but for us, it, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And this is a, this is a respect of God's word. This is a respect because today people are saying you don't need to repent. You don't need to follow the, the commandments of God. You don't need to follow the word of God. That's, that's just, um, that's, that's uh, how do they call it? Sin management. You're, you're managing your sin. You're just, that's the law. That's, now we're under grace. And now Jesus died for us and, and all you have to do is believe. And there's a teaching like that. You know, and part of it is true. Salvation is what? It's believing in him. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, you know, working out. It's not doing something. Salvation is grace through faith alone. You can't, work out, you, can't, you can't work out a salvation. That's not possible. But what, what, what is, this is a half-truth, you know, when you say this. This is half-truth. Yeah, it's partly true. But to work out your salvation, you need to do it with fear and trembling. You need to do it by obeying the word of God. 
A lot of times when we, when we disregard the commands of God or, or you listen to that kind of teaching, you say, you know what, that, that sounds good. It's, that's half-truth. Half-truth is worse than, than, than no truth at all because you think you're listening to something good, but in reality it's just like a little bit of poison. And I don't know, I would rather not eat for the day than eat poison for the day, right? It's, it's, it's very bad when you listen to this kind of teaching that says that, oh, it's okay, you don't, you don't have to obey the word of God. You don't have to obey the law. That's done with. Jesus has done away with the law. Jesus, is, he's, he's abolished the law, so now we can live in grace. Now we can do whatever we want to do. Now you can sin, you can, you can say whatever you want to say, you can hang out with whoever you want to hang out with, you can do whatever you want to do, uh, but, but you know what? We're under grace. We're under grace. And you know, that's a, very, that's a very wrong teaching. And you know, people say we don't need the law anymore. We don't need the law. You know, we need the law. I'm going to say this. We're not saved by the law, but what does the Bible say about the law? The Bible says in, the, in uh, Romans, it says that the law shows us our sins. The law shows us what, we're, what is wrong in our life. It's like a, it's like a, a blue, it's like a, a, what was that, one of those scanners. You know, when people go into the hotel rooms and they have one of those scanners with them and they scan the room, right? And they're like, oh, you think you have a clean room, but really look, look what you got. And they take that, that, that you know, what is it called? The, the blue light, the blue light, right? Or the black light. Ultraviolet light. Thank you, Robert. And they take the ultraviolet light and they're scanning the walls and they're like, look what you got on the wall and look what you're sleeping on. Oh, this is really bad. And, and I don't know about you, but I never want to see one of those things before I go into a hotel room. I just, if it's, if it's good, if it looks good, it looks clean. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I need. But you know, but, but you take one of those ultraviolet lights and you really look what's, what's under the surface and you're like, all oh, those germs are so gross. And you know what? That's what the law is. The law is like a scanner that, that shows us, hey, this is sinful right here. This is sin. This is wrong. You know, this is, this is wrong. You can't do this. And that's what the law does. The law doesn't save us. Jesus saves us, right? Jesus is the one that gives us, gives us uh, grace through faith. When we put our faith in him, his blood washes us clean. But the law, we still need it. We still need to obey the commandments of God because we wouldn't know what, sinful, what sin is unless we have the law, right? You don't know what sin is. Unless you have the law. And the law shows what sin is. And it shows us, listen, this is bad. This right here, that's bad. I wouldn't know that stealing is wrong unless the law said stealing is wrong. Right? And that's what the law does. And so people today, they want to throw away the law. They want to take the law, throw it out, and say we don't need it. And all we have is grace. But today, we need the fear of the Lord. And we need to walk in this fear. And today, many people in the church, they lost this fear. They lost this fear of God because they don't, they don't look at the law anymore. They say, we just throw away the law. And so they don't look at sin anymore. And sin is not sinful. And today, we have you know, preachers that, that go in, in hotel rooms with, with, with a secretary. That's not their wife, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You see, what's missing is the fear of the Lord today in churches. What's missing is the fear of the Lord. And we need, as Christians, first and foremost, before we have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, before we have the grace of God, we need this fear of God. We need to fear, we need to tremble before His Word. And so many times, I don't know about you, you know, you hear people, different Christians doing different things, and you're like, Man, was, is there something wrong with me? Am I, am I just not getting it? Am I just being some religious person that, that thinks that, you know, I got everything figured out and, and, I'm, and I'm telling them that it's wrong and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all, it's all, it's all under grace and, and I can do this. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and you know what? But, but in the Bible, what does it say? Either present yourself as a slave of sin or as a slave of righteousness, right? Either present yourself, it says present your members as a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. And today what's really happening that a lot of people are doing and, 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 and you, you talk with Christians and you see what, what their lifestyle is like and what they're doing is presenting their, their selves as slaves of sin. And, and when you, you, you know, it's, you, you go to the movies and, 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 you, and it's okay to watch this movie. It's okay to watch movies with sexual content in it. And it's okay to, to listen to, to, you know, movies that have cursing in it. That's okay. Hey, you know, you're at work. You hear cursing all the time. You, you're at school. You hear cursing all the time. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with, with music that has, you know, cursing and wrong, unchristian music. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with drinking and what, whatever, whatever today people are saying. But what's happening, what's really happening under the surface is people are presenting themselves as slaves of sin. As a slave of sin. And that's what's really happening today is, is people are saying, I'm a slave of sin. And, and when you go and you present yourself to sin and you say, here, here is my time. 
and here are my eyes, and here is my, 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 my passion, and here is my, my thoughts. And you present yourself as a slave of sin. And hey, you're, you're still under grace. You're still, you, Jesus still loves you. That's great. But you're presenting yourself as a slave of sin instead of presenting yourself as a slave of righteousness. And, and today this, we, we are missing this fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And it's not all that we need, but it's, it's, what, it's what we need to start off with. And Jesus, he, he said he didn't, come to fulfill, he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law, right? And in this fear of the Lord, it, it, it is when we take this word seriously. It's when we take his commandments, the things that it says in the Bible, when we take it seriously. And, and Jesus said, I didn't come to, to abolish the law. He didn't get rid of it, but he came to fulfill it. And now it's no longer, the law is no longer written somewhere on stone, right? It's written in our hearts. And now it's, it's, it's not, the word says that, that this word is not written on, on a stone. It's not written like somewhere. It's not on a sign. You know, I didn't see any sign when we came before in church. I didn't see a sign that said, uh, you know, thou shall not do this and thou shall do this. And, and we don't have that, right? We don't have a sign that says that. But now it's supposed to be in our heart. Right now it's supposed to be inside of us. And now the word of God is hidden in us. And, it, and it's hidden in our heart. And now it's, his word and his law is written on, on our hearts. And now we have this law inside of us. And, it's, and it's, it's supposed to be giving us, you know, direction and giving us life. Um, and, and now it's, it's the fulfillment, the fear of the Lord. It's no longer a requirement, but now it becomes who you are. Right? It becomes what, you, what you're about. It becomes, it becomes the, 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 the cry of your heart is you fear the Lord. You fear His Word. You tremble before His Word. You take His Word seriously. And today we need, as Christians, we need to fear the Lord. But we also need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And this is the balance. And now, um, you know, God, it said that they had the fear of the Lord, which is the first thing. But they also had the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And to fear the Lord is the first part. You need the fear before you need the comfort, before you can get the comfort. Because God is where there is, where people fear Him. Where people tremble at His word. That's why in the first church, they, that's why Ananias and Sapphira, that's why they fell dead. Because God's glory was so strong in that church. Because why? Because people feared Him. Because people took His word seriously. But, but then... You have the fear of the Lord, but you also need the comfort of the Holy Spirit as a Christian. If we want to grow in God, if we want to continue in Him, if we want to walk after God, we must first walk in the fear of the Lord, but we also need to walk in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. What is the comfort of the Holy Spirit? It, it also means encouragement, when God encourages you. And to fear God, is that's what we need to do, but we also we need, to, we need the comfort because as a Christian, you can know all the right things. You can have everything. You can know all the truth, and, and the truth is in you. And you're trying to, 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 to study this book, and you're trying to read what the Bible says, and you're trying to walk after God. But sometimes it becomes difficult. And that's where the Holy Spirit is so crucial, so critical in our life. And today, um, you know, we, this, this next week, we're going to have the prayer marathon. And, and Pastor, uh, he's talking about how we have... Uh, we are focused right right now. We we are we're talking about uh, praying uh, for the, we have that Saturday that's coming up and not not tomorrow but next Saturday is going to be the uh, the prayer about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And right now and next week we're going to have a prayer marathon about the Holy Spirit and just praying that the Holy Spirit fills us and and is with us. And we need this comfort. I don't know about you guys, but I need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's a weird sound. <laughs> And I don't know about you guys, but we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit, right? I, I, I know, I know maybe, maybe somebody here is, is, is perfect and they don't need the Holy Spirit, but I need the Holy Spirit, right? I need the Holy Spirit to help me because without the Holy Spirit, I am just, I don't know what to do. I am just a, a mess. And, and you know what? We can know all the truth and we can know everything and, and we can know the Word and we can tremble before the Word of God. But without the Holy Spirit... He's what gives us power, right? He gives us power to do what the Word of God says. And you can know the truth. You can know what the Bible says. And, but unless you got the power in you, you it's going to be very difficult. 
And it's like, you know, you, when, when you know the, the play in a, in a game, say in a basketball game, right, and the coach is saying, we're going to run this play, we're going to run a give and go, and then we're going to score, you know, and, and you can know what the play is, and you can know how to do the play, and you can know everything, right, but, but you can study it, but unless you have the skill that it takes to finish, unless you've got the skill that it takes to score the point, it's going to be very difficult. And the, 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 the fear of the Lord is what gives us knowledge of His commandments. It's what gives us knowledge of the truth. But then the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is what empowers us to do what God has called us to do. The Holy Spirit is who gives us strength to be who God has called us to be. You know, and we need this. And, and, and Jesus said that He's leaving the comforter with us. Right? Jesus said, I'm, I'm leaving the helper with you. And in this life, we have trials, we have tribulations, we have difficulties. We have Satan attacking us. We have different things. But with the, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can make it. And I want to I talk a little bit about the gift of the Holy Spirit, about speaking in tongues. Uh, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14, um, and I want to teach a little bit about the gift of tongues. And, um, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, praying in tongues and being, being filled with the Spirit. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about what, what, what this is, what, what is this gift to speak in tongues. And, you know, today there's a lot of confusion in different churches. There's a lot of, uh, people have a lot of um, kind of, they view this as, as something strange. Some people look at it, and I don't know if you've ever heard of teaching about, you know, that the gift of tongues is not for us, that if, if you can speak in tongues, that that's not from God. Some people say it's from the devil. Some people say it's demonic. Uh, there's all sorts of different teachings that are against speaking in tongues. Has anybody, raise your hand, has anybody ever heard some, something like that? If you've heard it, raise your hand. Okay, there's a, well, more than half. And so there is, that is a true, you know, and, and you can listen to somebody and you, and you might, if you don't know the truth, you're like, man, I don't know. What do I have? You know, do I have this gift or what is it? Is it a gift of God that I make it up? And so today there, there is some confusion in, in churches about this gift. And I wanted to just read a little bit about it. Um, look at verse, we're going to read verses one through five. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. And see, right off the bat, we see in verse 1 that we must desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift to what? To prophesy. So what gift is greater than tongues? Prophecy. Prophecy is greater than tongues because it says that prophecy, uh, it builds the church. And a, a prophetic, when you hear a prophetic word, uh, a pro- prophecy is, is not really, it's, it's not only the future. It's not only someone talking about the future. A prophecy can be someone speaking the word of God in that moment, right? In that moment, the truth of God is spoken. Whatever, whatever God wants to speak to the church, someone hears that word and they take the microphone or they just say it really loud and they say what God is speaking to that church in that moment. That's prophecy. Prophecy is greater. Why? Because it edifies the whole church. It builds up the whole church. But it says that he who speaks in a tongue, what does he do? Verse 4, he edifies himself. Or basically, you strengthen yourself. So speaking in tongues, we see that it, it strengthens your, your own personal walk with God. It strengthens you as a Christian. Now, some people say, well, this is not really talking in tongues. This is not, you know, speaking in, 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 a, in a heavenly language. This is speaking in, in a tongue um, like a different language, like Zimbabwean or, 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 or what's, some, what's, a, what's another language? Um, I don't know, Swahili or something, you know, or Japanese or French, you know. And, 
And, and this is, this, some people say, oh, this is really talking about if you're at a church and, and you speak in a tongue, that means that you speak in another language. Because it, it, in, in Greek, the word is glossolalia. That means uh, languages. But really, what it's saying is you speak mysteries. In verse 2, it says you speak mysteries. You speak that no one understands. You speak something that no one understands except for who? Except for God. God is the only one that understands what you're saying. So the Bible says that when you speak in a tongue, no one understands you. Only God understands you, and you speak mysteries. That's not talking about a different language like Japanese or Korean or something. That's talking about a language that, that only God understands, a heavenly language. And we, we each have our own language. And and speaking in tongues is something that builds us up, something that encourages you, something that, that strengthens your own faith. It says in Jude, it says, build up your most holy faith by how? By praying in the Holy Spirit. By praying in the Holy Spirit. So we are, are it says in, in verse, uh, verse 18, I'm sorry, where does it say that? Um, verse 5, it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish, Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That means this gift is for everybody. To speak in tongues is for everyone. It's for everyone that wants to, that everyone that wants this gift of speaking in tongues. And it says that, um, it says in verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. So there are times when we pray, when we pray with words we understand, and we say, God, bless the church and and bless our pastor and and god help this person and help them to walk after you that's praying in the understanding you're praying with words that you understand but there's also praying in the spirit when you pray with words you don't understand words that only god understands and we need both we need to pray in the understanding we need to pray in the spirit we need to sing in the understanding and we can sing in the spirit and so this is this is a great gift and and it says that verse 18 This is Paul, he's saying, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all, right? And what that really says is, in in Greek, that that means that more than everybody combined. So Paul, he spoke with tongues more than the whole church combined, more than the whole Corinthian church, who was, I mean, they were like capital Pentecost, right? They They were just like a Pentecostal church, like that, they were the definition of a Pentecostal church. And Paul spoke in tongues more than any of them, more than all of them combined. That's a lot of speaking in tongues. So we see that in the we see that we need to speak in tongues. It's something that we need to do, and and this is just uh, I'm talking about the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the encouragement. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, it builds up your faith. And so as a believer, we need to we need our faith built up. Yes, we need to walk in, in we need to we need to walk in, in, in the fear of the Lord. And we need to do that every day. We can't stop walking in the fear of the Lord, right? Because it says walk in it. It doesn't say stop and and just have the fear of the Lord one day. No, it says walk in it. Every single day you're walking it until you make it to heaven. But we also need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit is what gives us that that energy, is what gives us that, that anointing and you know, it's, it says to delight yourself in, in, in God. It says to delight yourself. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a delight. Christianity is a delight. You know, reading the Bible is a delight. Praying is a delight. It becomes the delight of our heart. It says when you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. What do we do? We delight ourselves in God. And when God, it says he puts a spirit in us and he will, call, he will put his word in our heart. He will put his laws on our mind. He will write them on there. That means that we're going to want to do those things. And yeah, we have the fear of the Lord and we walk in it, but we also, it's going to be part of who we are, right? And it's, it's not just the Bible says, oh, I, I need to do this, but, but our own heart says, I need to do this. And it's not that I, I don't, I, I can't steal because the Bible says I can't steal. Yeah, it does say that, but we don't want to steal because the Holy Spirit is in us telling us, don't steal. The Holy Spirit is in you telling you, don't, don't do this or don't do that. Why? Because he, God put that in us when, we, when he put his spirit inside of us. God put that desire in us. And so we need the fear of the Lord, but we also need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. But we need both of them. Because if all we have is the fear of the Lord, 
we're going to be very discouraged. <laughs> we're not going to have that, 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 you know, we're not going to be strengthened. We're not going to be encouraged. We're not going to have that, 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 that fire that we need. But if all we have is the comfort of the Holy Spirit, we're going to get into sin very quick. Right? We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to know what the law is. We're not going to know what, what God's word says. And so we're going to get ourselves in trouble very quick. And so we need both. And we need a balance of both. And, you know, tonight I, I want to focus on the, on the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on this, on this comfort, the, the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, some, sometimes, you, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in, in, in the you know, in, in serving God and, and reading His Word and, and knowing His truth and trying to do the right thing that we forget that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the strength that we need to do the things that, God, that God's Word says, right? Sometimes we forget that it's, it's God's Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. I can't, I can't serve God without the Holy Spirit. I can't, I can't pray without the Holy Spirit. I can't, I can't run the race that God called me to run without the Holy Spirit. But we also just can't have the Holy Spirit. We also need the fear of the Lord. And that will cause us to walk in His ways. That will cause us to walk in, in, there, in, in the verse where it says that, that, that work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It also says that for it is God who works in you giving you the desire and the power to please Him. So as you walk in the fear of the Lord, as you do the things, as you work out your salvation, as you do those things, guess what? God is giving you the power that you need to do what pleases Him. God puts that desire in us. And we need to not forget that God is working in us. God is doing something in you. The Holy Spirit wants to do these things in you. And I need this so much. And I know every single believer, we all need this. So let's stand up right now, and we're going to pray, and, and I want us to just, to just dwell on, on, on this, and, and maybe, maybe somebody, maybe you're, you're, you have the, the fear of the Lord, and, and, and you're walking in, in the commandments of God, and you're trying to obey the Word of God, and, and, but, but you're missing the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You're missing that, that, that comfort. You're missing that anointing. You're missing the Holy Spirit, the touch of God on your life. And it's very difficult. Or maybe, or maybe you forgot about the commandments of God and you've allowed yourself to compromise. You've allowed compromise into your life. You've allowed certain things. And, 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 but we need a balance. We need both of them. So let's pray that God would, would give us that balance right now. Lord, And we... God, we come before you. And, and if this word is for you, if, 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 this, if you sense that, 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 you need, that, that you need the Holy Spirit, you need the comfort of God, if you sense that you need this, this, this touch of God, that it's so difficult, and you need the encouragement, you need God to encourage you once again, a fresh anointing, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. If you need that, then just come up to the front. Or, 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 maybe, you need, or maybe you need to remind yourself of, of God's commandments and the fear of God, and you've You've stopped walking in the fear of the Lord. You've stopped obeying His word and, if you, and you've allowed things into your life and you've allowed yourself to become a slave of sin once again. And then, then, then this is for you. Then come up here. But let's just continue. Let's pray right now and, and ask that the Holy Spirit would just work in us. Lord, we, we ask Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be the one that would work in us. Lord, we want to walk in the fear of the Lord. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We know that, Lord, that, that the fear of the Lord is where we start. And we start in the fear of God. And we start, Lord, that we, we begin our journey by, by fearing, by, by, by obeying your commandments. We, we start, Lord, by, by looking at your word and taking your word seriously.